They're off in the Kentucky Derby. I am the greatest. And the Louisville Cardinals are the 75th NCAA Bourbon sales have been skyrocketing in the last few years. It's sort of something that's really awesome about Louisville is the people themselves. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Hour 502 podcast. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And we just finished a fantastic episode. We just wrapped up an interview with Scotty Davenport, the head coach of men's basketball at Bellarmine University. Bellarmine University, of course, Jay, where you are an alum, correct? My alma mater. Yeah. So, Jay, you've got a lot of Bellarmine connections, and you've obviously spent a lot of time with Scotty Davenport. Sure. Uh, but I think a lot of the people in Louisville probably know at least most of the surface-level stuff about his basketball career and his career as a coach at Bellarmine and even beyond back to the Louisville days. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say he resurrected Bellarmine University's basketball know, program. Be- Bellarmine, Bellarmine was fairly prominent nationally um as prominent as you can be as a division two school in the 70s and 80s and um you know but around the time i was there and and we talk about this in the interview with scotty um which by the way scott scotty d coach d what you know whatever he 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 responds to all of those coach coach most i call him coach when i text him i i text coach yeah exclamation point um yeah, no, he he took over a team that was solidly below 500 around 2005, which is I left Bellarmine in 04, and Bellarmine didn't really it was rather pedestrian the four years I was there in basketball, um, and he yeah in six short years took him to a national title yeah and then further than that and it's a dynasty now I mean oh, I mean a it's, regular appearance in the top level I mean final four four times uh, in addition to the national title you know elite eight a few more times I mean just regularly ranked nationally in the top twenty five preseason they went to the you know regional regional final um midwest regional final this past year and honestly had designs on another national title but you know just ran into a speed bump and got beat by a really good team at uh at usi university of southern indiana and yep. which is in evansville another na- prominent prominent nationally uh division two school in basketball so you know scotty is just really impressive absolutely i mean what i think came away more than anything of course I, like you said i have a lot of exposure uh, and a lot of access to him, the dude just has a motor that does not stop. Mm-mm. And and he is wired. Um, just he's the kind of guy that, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Gabe, and, and this is maybe something we talk about a little more on our other podcast, but it, it, sh- it should be more central to this one and, and will continue to be as we interview really intriguing and interesting people. But Scotty just has that energy that you feel yeah. when he walks in a room. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and people like that, that can move you for the positive, um, change your whole demeanor when you're in their presence. I think that's really special. Yeah. Talk someone all- that immediately kind of earns your respect too. Yeah. We talk about, we talked a lot about leadership and you'll hear about that. We'll talk about his influences, you know, leaders that he worked for. Cause you know, this guy has had a lot of success at the helm of a program, but also experienced a lot of success under other leaders. And so I think that is kind of an intriguing, you know, situation. Not all leaders started out leaders, right? Yeah. But uh, they, they had qualities consistent with leadership. They just put it to work under under the tutelage of someone else. Absolutely. And like we said, I mean, Scotty's story is a Louisville story that a lot of Louisville people have either heard him talk about or have heard someone else. I mean, we're not the first people to tell the story of the rise of Bellarmine basketball or the effect that his coaching has had in the locker room at Bellarmine. But I think really when you start to look at a human level, he talks about how he, he pours into his players and his players' families and his staff and, yeah. and how everything he does is to help bring up everyone else around him, not just himself. I think it really is a, a lesson that can be learned every time that you hear him talk. And beyond that, beyond the things that you maybe have already heard or things that you think you already know, we also got to talk to him about his Louisville roots, right? Like, if you yeah. didn't know, he's a Louisville native. He's someone that's from here in 502, someone that has watched the city transform and evolve over the past years. Uh, and it's just his connection and his roots here in Louisville, I think, are one of the big drivers of everything that he does that some people might not know about. Yeah. 
Captivating is a good word. Oh, yeah. Captivating is a good word. He grabs you. Um, he grabs your attention. His words, like they carry with it a certain weight. It draws you in, you know, makes you feel, you know, connected to a story. You write his South Louisville roots. I mean, you know, it's it's honestly, and before we wrap up and, and, and get on to the episode for you guys to hear it, something that I want you to, you know, just really, really keep in mind as you listen to him speak is this is a man who leads a Division II. Mm-hmm you know, men's basketball program. And we know how Kentuckians feel about basketball, but just for the simple fact that he has not become overshadowed by the presence of the university of Louisville mm-hmm. in its own city yep. and the university of Kentucky an hour up the road, two of the most prolific division D1. one programs yeah. um, that, that ever have been top 10, you know, Kentucky probably top three, um, Louisville being solidly in the top 10, probably arguably top five, and he hasn't been overshadowed by that. No. And he's very commonly mentioned in the same breath. You absolutely, hear these teams talk absolutely. about together. And and you know, we talk a little bit about aspirations to to bridge the gap between division 1 and division 2. There's been some stuff in the recent media and um it's pretty exciting to think about what is in store for Scotty um you know as as he brings his career to a close over the next several years and what Bellerman can achieve with him as as a leader yeah and as well as that the legacy that he plans to leave behind too which is equally important to him so absolutely so without further ado no kidding can't keep the lid on it any longer you've got to hear this conversation we're going to head to it right now All right, and we're back with the Hour 502 podcast with our guest, Scotty Davenport, the head coach of men's basketball at Bellarmine University. Scotty, thanks for being here with us. It's an honor and a pleasure. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I, I could tell, you know, a lot of stories about, you know, things that, that Scotty and I have been involved with. I, I think probably when I got to know you the best or that the earliest was when you were involved and agreed to be uh, a chair for my wife's you know, fundraising committee over at the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. But obviously with from the alumni board at Bellarmine University and our work with Bellarmine, we've, we've gotten the opportunity to spend a lot of time together. I, I really appreciate you making the time because, you know, here at the R502 podcast, we, we absolutely want to highlight and bring on guests that are compelling to people here in the city of Louisville people that have passion for the city because that's what this the root what what the root of this show and the reason we wanted to bring it to our our listeners was just folks that really care about Louisville and I know that you fit that mold for sure um coach I I will start though with a question if you don't mind uh something that might be a a tad more topical um you know we've been hearing a lot about Bellarmine University and its growth and you know vision 2020 which was you know uh something that that our late president Jay McGowan kind of you know, put together. And I know that the growth ambition is there, but we've heard recently about Bellarmine's ambitions in the athletic department to go division one in sports other than lacrosse. And so, and I've heard you speak about that a little bit. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about where that stands? Well, I think it's, it's a great sign because it's the third, you know, it, it, it gets out there and people immediately think, Oh yeah, they've looked at this. So they just think, okay, let's go division one. Yeah. This is our third study. Yeah. Hmm. And I've been, this was the start of my 15th year. So this is our third study. And I think it's, it's to me, incredibly comforting to work at, a, at an institution and a university that is constantly looked to grow. Yeah. Our basketball program can't stay the same. We, we have to reinvent ourselves all the time. You have to adjust, you have to be able to sell. You have to be able to recruit. You have to be able to to have great vision. And I think Dr. McGowan obviously had that through the other studies. Dr. Donovan ha- has pushed the, the, the pedal to the metal yeah. <laughs> from the standpoint that we can't just stay in our lane. we got to get better. If this is truly a tool that would help Bellarmine University, the students, first and foremost, their families, our staff, athletics, the, the entire Bellarmine alumni, the, the community, then we're all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think what, we're, what I take comfort from is that every T's crossed, every I's dotted with our constituents, 
our constituents at first and foremost. Let's yep. take care of them. Sure. And so it's a great time. I laugh with people. I could go out and pool 100 people and ask them if anybody knew or if anybody knows when the University of Louisville, the University of Kentucky, or Western Kentucky University, or Indiana University, Purdue, Notre Dame, when do they start basketball? Mm-hmm. Do either one of you all know? When did the University of Louisville start basketball? Like what year? Yes. Uh, no, you don't have a clue. I can answer it. <laughs> you know? No. Forties? Uh, 1940s? No Gabe? clue. No. no clue. Okay. It would be the same for Kentucky, the same for, for all the surrounding areas. Well, in this day and age, in, in the year 2019, if Bellarmine University makes this transition, everybody will know. It's true. <laughs> everybody right? will remember when they did. Yep. Okay. From a recruiting standpoint, not just on the, on the athletic side of it, but from the general student population, those students will all know. They'll all know. Oh, yeah, yeah, they will. So you just raised your profile. Absolutely. From a basketball-specific standpoint, will there ever be another class of recruits who can ever say they played the first Division I basketball mm. games in the history of Bellman? No, it'll no. be this next group should this happen. Yeah. Same for our coaching staff. Same for an entire athletic department. So you're doing something that's never been done. Nobody can remember when it was done at the other institutions. Yeah. And it will never be done again. You're only going to do this once. Yeah. So I think that's incredibly exciting. I look on the, the, the reaction on your faces. So that's what's going to be taken far, far from just our footprint. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they've dotted every I and crossed every T in, in their research of where you expand and how you expand. And we think with a great institution, we have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Academically, athletically, socially, we have a lot to offer. So that that's it's an exciting time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I see that. I mean, you know, recently you've seen – in the Great Lakes Valley Conference, the transition for Northern Kentucky, that's a little bit of a model, but that's a very different institution. I mean, Bellarmine being a private institution Correct. in a sizable city with, you know, a community back, you know, community backed kind of like support. It's very different than Northern Kentucky. I mean, Northern Kentucky is like the equivalent of if if U of L was a division. Here's school. what's interesting. Eighteen of the last twenty schools. Mm-hmm. Who have universities who have transitioned from Division Two to Division One? Eighteen of the last twenty have increased their enrollment between three and seventeen percent. Hmm. One of the two that did not, ironically, was Northern Kentucky University. Now huh. I'm a basketball coach, right? But it is my my you know education is my passion. Yeah, absolutely. All right, look at Northern Kentucky being a a public institution. You have the University of Cincinnati right across the bridge with 32,000-plus students. Yep. You have the University of Kentucky in Lexington with 24,000-plus. You have the University of Louisville in Louisville with 23,000, 24,000. You have Xavier with 4,000, a, a difference right there in Cincinnati. You have Dayton. You have Wright State. You have Miami, Ohio. You have Eastern Kentucky. Okay, you, you see my yeah, picture? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're one of the two that did not increase their enrollment but I think Bellarmine, we carve our own niche academically, athletically, associated. Again, we do through our – we were the first school in the state of Kentucky to have a certified physical therapy program. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, everyone wants to live longer, and they want to live better. Yeah. Well, that's why that program was an absolute rocket ship. Yeah, it was. Our, nurse, our nursing program, those people are getting jobs – in their junior year. Oh, yeah. Now, My wife is a graduate of Bellarmine's nursing program, so she knows all about it. How fast she get hired? Oh, right. She, she had a job before she was out of school. Line all right. up. Let's go at home. Let's get close to home. I have, a, I have a senior captain named Ben Wire. He's from Newport Central Catholic in northern Kentucky. Ben Wire, as a junior at Bellarmine, a junior in September of his junior year, 
had an interview on campus with KPMG. Yeah. Phil Mickelson will wear the hat. It's one of the top accounting firms in the world. It's a big, big he guy. had an interview in September for, of, of 2018 for an internship the summer of 19, right now. Yeah. On campus. Then it went from on campus to their corporate headquarters, four people for one, four candidates for one position. I wrote him a letter trying to spur on their sure. interest and in, in help him. And he, he, his interview was scheduled 10 to 2. He called me at 5.03, and he said, Coach, I just finished. I said, well, it was supposed to be done at 2. He said, Coach, I met with four levels of corporate people with KPMG. He, I said, well, what's the deal? He said, it's four people for one position, internship, summer of 2019. I said, okay, let, let's have a plan. He said, they're going to let me know in two weeks. Called me back that night at 9 o'clock. said, Coach. I said, yeah, Ben, everything okay? He said, Coach, I didn't get the internship. I said, oh, well, Ben, he goes, well, coach, let me finish. They hired me. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get the internship, but I got a job. He didn't get the internship for summer of 19 right now. He got the internship. He got hired upon graduation in the spring of 20. On a Saturday, he will go to work on a Monday with one of the largest accounting firms. He's a junior in college. And he already has a job. You know, and you're playing on a great basketball team. Life's pretty good for Hi. Ben Wire. Life, life's pretty okay. good. So that's what we want to take if Absolutely. it's business, if it's nursing, if it's physical therapy, if it's accounting. Like Ben, I mean, we go on and on and on, and, well, and there you go. The thing that the thing that really stands out to me is just how opposite this is to the the higher education narrative that you see put out sure. in the general media. Yeah, you know that the the general media would have you believe, and 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 I'm sure there is. I mean, that that there aren't jobs, and maybe there aren't. For the run-of-the-mill average state, you know, state institution graduate, I, and not, not, not disparaging state institutions. Obviously, I went to I went to Bellarmine. You know, that's that's yeah. yeah. It's total disclosure. I total, total full, full disclosure. <laughs> All our listeners know that I say it quite often. But the the point is, um, you know, this situation is far different. I mean, here is a young man that you know is going to a fine institution, playing for a great basketball program, probably. On scholarship, I would imagine. Yes. Okay, so he's not leaving school with a bunch of debt. He's got a great job lined up. And it just goes to show you that regardless of circumstance or, you know, the market, I mean, we're in real estate here, you know that. And, and we tell our people that regardless of what the market gives you, if you do the right things, you get the right results. And here's a young man doing the right things. Yeah. And getting the right results regardless of what other circumstance. Well, that's getting too philosophical without a doubt. Regardless if you're Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, it, it doesn't make any difference. At the end of the day, Ben Wire is a prototype for, and we've had many, many, many of them. We're so fortunate who, at the end of the day, have used sports. Mm -hmm. He's yep. used basketball. It's not using him. Yeah, I, I, that's my exact quote, Gabe. You've done your homework because <laughs> that's my quote. That the passion, the did, the the dedication, the discipline, the attention to detail. It's no different in real estate. It's no different than any walk of life. If you're great in those areas, you're going to be successful. Absolutely. Well, let, let, that's what he's going to do. So let, let, let's let's pivot a little bit. Let's say you know the original conversation was about or question was about the move to Division One, which I didn't really intend to go this direction, but I'm interested to know your opinion. So obviously, the transition from Division Two to Division One, and I'm curious to know. Um, you know, how you think that will potentially affect your brand of basketball. But let's, because I am, I'm a huge fan of your basketball. I'd rather come watch Bellarmine play than watch, than watch NBA basketball. And like a lot, a lot of, a lot of residents. Cases, yeah. I, I hear it time and again, you guys pass the ball better than any, better than any level of basketball that you can review anywhere. The, the shot percentages are higher. Okay. The amount of assists are higher. It's a fun, it's not always played above the rim though. I've seen your guys play above the rim too. It's just like not, you know, you're not, you don't have seven footers in the post necessarily, at least in every class. Um, you know, you don't have six, nine point guards. It's not that kind of basketball, but you pass the ball well, you play efficient basketball, it's and you fast. shoot the ball well. But in addition to that, let, let's just say, let's stay away from basketball X's and O's right now, and let's talk about Division One versus Division Two. Obviously, we have two of the most prolific division one basketball programs within our state that you can watch very easily in, in Louisville and, and Kentucky. Yeah. You know, you know, if you want to look at football 
Alabama football would be a rival, the SEC, you know, the ACC. How do you think that translates to Bellarmine as a community when you start elevating yourself to the Division One level, playing against that competition regularly? And, and how does it affect your recruiting and what type of players you go after? Well, first and foremost, we will always win with Bellarmine players. We've got to be what we are. When I took the job at Bellarmine in the spring of 05, I told Dr. McGowan in a, in a meeting just the two of us. There was just two of us. And I said, Dr. McGowan, we're going to win. We're going to win with Bellarmine players, with Bellarmine, Bellarmine people, Bellarmine so, students, Bellarmine people. So, so what do you mean by that? Good students, good kids. Yes, absolutely. Now, in terms of style of play, I only know one way to teach the game. That's not going to change. Hmm. Now, you, you talk about the percentages. We our, our players all reported back to campus Sunday, June the June the ninth, and we they were greeted on the board in, in our locker room. They were greeted with with statistical breakdowns. We just led the nation in scoring for the sixth time in the last eight years. You pointed to numbers. You're in real estate. You understand numbers. Absolutely. Six of the last eight years. This year we shot fifty four five, which is the highest we've shot in the last eight years. Here's what's ironic. We took it to a step further. You look at Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. We let it. You look at the junior college ranks. We let it. You look at NAA. We let it. We looked at the NBA. Golden State shot 49-4. <laughs> you look at the Euro League. That's Coach Patino's league. That's where Braden Hobbs is playing for Bayern in Munich, Germany. Yeah. You look at the Euro League, which is the second big, greatest league in the world, and we led the Euro League. I can't pronounce the name of the team that we've defeated there, but trust me, look it up. Okay, so when they came back, we we were success brings success in every industry. Yeah. So we said we led the world this year in shooting. <laughs> so let's keep doing what we're doing, and let's get in there in the morning at six o'clock, and let's start getting better. And these players now, when I say it, the only way we do it, so for five weeks of this eight week run in the summer. Their daily schedule is 6 to 8 on the court in the weight room, 8 to 8.30 breakfast, 8.30 to 4 camp for 7 to 13-year-old boys from 8.30 to 4, 4 to 6 back on the court. That's their 12-hour day. It's like my dad, man. And they love it. He said, we work half days. No, but their approach, we can all learn this. They learn their approach is. They get to do that. When you talk about a Bellarmine man, what? okay, I they get to. get to do it, not they have to. A world of difference. Find someone who loves their job, I'll find you someone who's good at their job. Find someone who's miserable, in all likelihood they're not going to be very good. Yeah. And that sounds so simple, but that is the recruiting model. You talked about recruiting if we sure. transition. That pool for us, they're still going to have to be Bellarmine men. Nothing's, yeah. nothing's changed. The, the level of competition is going to be the best in the world. We Absolutely. understand that. But our brand, the way we play, the way we teach will be the same. Well, something that we talk about here a lot, and we've talked about on, the, on this show and our other podcasts quite a bit, is about culture. We talk about our team culture here a lot. Uh, and in respect of recruiting, obviously a little bit different with it being corporate recruiting. But um, I wonder, you know, as we talk about it, we talk about how much of our team culture rests on you, Jay, you know, the person that's bringing people to the team and how much of it is an individual effort. How much of your, your Bellarmine men's basketball culture do you think rests on your shoulders to create? Well, I, no, I think the greatest goal setting, the greatest culture that's established always comes from within. Okay. But I'm asked publicly, if I give a, a talk to a corporate group, no matter what the, what the industry or what, what they're in, it's amazing. The question will come up, Coach. How did a program that in 05 won, excuse me, a program that's in, that in 05 won nine games, mm. how in six years did they win a national championship? And then how in the last eight years they've gone to four Final Fours and they've repeated the, this success? How does that happen? Well, I could easily say, oh, we're the greatest X and O guys, and we watch film and our individual instruction sessions. We do this, and we run this offense, and we defend in this style. I could do all that. So do others. But the one 
thing, the one trait that trumps everything. No different in real estate, no different in a law office, an accounting firm, the greatest recruiters in our program. And the reason to that for that success, the greatest recruiters are our players. Hmm. Oh, if, this, if this real estate corporation, operation, team has 12 of the greatest, the next greatest agent wants to join. Sure, absolutely. If it's a team of accountants and you got six of them in your accounting department, those great accountants want to join your team. Yep. Same in the law profession. So the greatest recruiters in our program, the number one reason, it's our players. Yep. Because we want players who want to become us, not who want us to become them. them. And there's a big difference. Well, yeah. but, and, and I don't think you should shortchange it, though. I mean, there was definitely a cultural shift needed. Now, you know this. Our listeners may not know this, but you came to Bellarmine the year after I left as a student. So 2005. Well, yeah, there's something in between the lines there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make a subtle well, point. Well, my, yeah, my, I mean, I'm just well, saying. I mean, honestly, Scott Scott Wiegand, the yes. athletic director at Bellarmine, the end of his first year, was correct. was was my baseball coach at Bellarmine. Right. The four years he was baseball coach were my four years at Bellarmine. Mm-hmm. He took the AD position the year after I left, and the, one of the first things he did as athletic director was hire, hire Coach Davenport. So. I know, I know because I knew those guys that were there. Yeah, before. your before and after picture is very accurate. Some, <laughs> some of them great, uh, some of them that probably weren't the right culture that had to leave. And you know, frankly, Scott took the job mm-hmm. four years earlier of the baseball program and began a cultural shift there too. So I'm I'm all too familiar with this cultural shift that had to happen. So, but the vision had to be there. Right, you had to you had to show them what we are. You say they want to be us, not want us to be them. Well, you had to show them what we are, right? In the it, beginning, at least. And, and here's here's how it was done. This, this is behind the scenes. This this story has not been told. I'm hired, and on a Friday, I meet with the players on a Friday morning, two weeks before it's the middle of uh, April, two weeks before the Kentucky Derby. And it's the night before the mini marathon. I meet with the players at uh, 7.30 in the morning, up in the president's room. That's the suite overlooks the end zone of Knights Hall. And in that meeting, I already had a staff assembled. I excused the four seniors, Matt Miller, Kyle Thrasher, Calvin Fowler, Montonio Blake. I asked them to please, Scott introduced me. He stepped out and asked them to please excuse themselves and step outside. Now, what do you think? Now, I mean, you were an athlete. What do you think was going through their mind? Oh, not a clue. <laughs> like, I mean, like they're like, "What is going on? We're here? done. We're, we're done. Are we? Are, did well, he, sure. Is he getting rid of us? What are we? Where are we? What's happening? Oh, yeah. How I many mean, players in that room of the returning players, counting the seniors before I excused them? How many had any form of Bellarmine apparel on? Because I had looked, so not a single one. None. So they weren't mm. proud of it. So I excused the four seniors, the rising seniors, and, yeah. and I said, okay, everybody that's in here, staff, manager, I have one manager, coaches, or players, everybody, I don't care. I don't care how hard you have to work. If, if you have to watch film till your eyeballs fall out, if you have to take 500 extra shots a day after practice, if you have to draw 10 charges, I don't care. Those four must have a winning senior year. Hmm. It's their last time. It's supposed to be the greatest time of your life in college. They must have a winning experience. That will start the momentum. Now, that sounds great. But sure. in coaching, the, the blank is how. How are we going to do this? And I said, okay, we're going to work harder, and we're going to work more together than you've ever worked with anyone outside of your family in your life. We're going to start this afternoon. And we, then we brought them back in, and off we went. So funny, that afternoon, I'm told between 7.30 that morning, there was a press conference at 10 o'clock. We had individual instruction, two groups at starting at 3 o'clock. I'm told we don't have nights hall. They had another event scheduled. We had to go to the other facility. I didn't even know there, there was, was another, another facility. <laughs> no, so I get ready. At, at, I'm ready. It's 1.30. I said, all right, let's get, you know, get ready. They'll be early. 
And I look around, I said, where are the balls? And the, the previous staff had been dismissed the end of February. It's now in, in, in April. And they're like, oh, balls. Oh, we might need that. <laughs> I called my son, Doug, who's now my staff now. I said, Doug, those two balls that you've got that we took from U of L that you've been using at home, you got to swing by and get those and get over. We don't have any basketballs. He goes, "What? We get over there." <laughs> All right, I got the first four out there. I mean, I am, I am. You think you've seen me amped up? I mean, I got Marcus <laughs> Flynn, and I'm like, Marcus, go by, go by. Matt Pate's defending. I'm like, Matt, dig in. Don't let him come by you. And they bump heads. Now, the next individual group. And the next individual group, groups of four, you know they're looking around the corner. What is this wild man? What are we got ourselves? <laughs> they bump heads, and I look up, and Marcus Flynn's mm. eye is cut wide open. Yeah. And it's blood running down his face. And I yell, I said, Doug, go get the trainer. He goes sprinting out. He turns around. He goes, who's the trainer? <laughs> well, I, I look I up. know the trainer. Now I look <laughs> Dave Krebs. Dave Krebs. I look up now, and Matt Pates got it right above his. He got them both. Oh, no, got them both. Off they go to Jewish. Off they go to, to the hospital stitches. I finish the other two groups. Those groups come in there like, oh my gosh! This. <laughs> but how hard we're going to work, and how well we're going to work together. It started that day. We go down. He drew blood in the first practice. I go down, and I sit on a Friday evening rainstorm, ER packed. With the two, and their families come in and are like, Who are you? You're the new coach. <laughs> what are you doing here? I said, Well, they're my players, and you're here, so I'm there. All right, Saturday morning, I run the mini marathon. Now we got to all the same groups again at one o'clock. We come in there. They have been not been really doing any activity since the end of February. They come dragging in there. I said, Wait a minute. You're a one day you worked hard. I just ran 13.1 miles this morning. And you think you're going to walk in and not work hard? No, that's not how this – and off we went. <laughs> that established the tone sure. of how hard we were going to work. Now, the, we won a game in Kenosha, Wisconsin, at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. Parkside. It guarantees <laughs> us a winning season. I walked in. I took my suit jacket, hung it in the locker, walked up to the board, and I wrote, Matt, Calvin, Mo, Kyle winners yep we got on that bus at six hours and 20 minutes home and it took 10 minutes <laughs> they sung they danced they watched movies they were winners yeah mm -hmm. and that started it we yeah. we got beat in the conference tournament. they ain't even been in the conference tournament. we yeah. got beat 71 69 by the by jury we, in evansville we got back to louisville and there was 200 people on a, on a rainy afternoon there to greet us and my assistant, Eric Scott at the time, came up to me in the office. We got back up in the office. And he goes, Coach, what are they going to do here when we really win. win? No kidding. And I said, well, we're going to. We're going to find out. And that started it right there. Absolutely. So you say, how did that start? It started with those guys. No, I absolutely agree. And, and, it's, and it's just like you, Coach, to give the credit to those seniors. And I know they deserved it. I mean, they helped, no they helped you turn the corner. But, you know, I – I've been, you know, through the situation a couple of times in my career in business and whatnot, and and I know that you're not going to take the credit, but I also know that you deserve it a lot. And and showing those guys that you had their back is what got them to give you what they gave, and and it's something that they hadn't experienced before, and it's something that you know. I strive to be as a leader here is to show these people that I will, I'm in the trenches with them. I'm there. You know, if you, if you fall on hard times, I'm there with you. If you, your successes, I'm going to, I'm going to shout you. Um, but when, when you stub your toe, when you, when you cut your eyebrow, <laughs> right? Like I'm going to be in the ER waiting for you. And, and that's, that's the kind of leader. It's a testament but you to know, you. It, it's not, um, that's the way I, Valued. I lost my father when I was nine years old on a Halloween day, as we come up on Father's Day, yeah. at 15 feet from me, and I met with a massive heart attack. You know, yeah. 1.15 in the afternoon when you're nine on Halloween is supposed to be a pretty good day. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. guaranteed. It wasn't a great day. And, and th my mother's a superstar. The, the, the void was filled by coaches, yeah. by teachers principals, counselors, 
and and and, and I I know what I what was done for me, and that established the way I thought it should be done for those. And the day I don't, I'm gone. When yeah. I look a recruit in the eye and his family in the eye, and, and the day I don't, I'm out. Yeah. Because I think that would be this. Then it's somebody else. And, and again, there there's more ways than one to be successful in every endeavor. Yeah. Coaching's no different. But that's the way. I personally think it should be done. That's the way we do it as a staff. Well, something that you said, too, that I think is equally important, it's twofold, right? Like Jay's saying, you have to have these people's back. You have to show them that you've got your back and that you're there for them. I think the other thing that you kind of went over, too, is that you have to show them you're willing to put in the work, too. I mean, you came from running the mini, and you were up, you were there at practice. <laughs> You're not the coach who says or that lives out basketball on the clipboard, right? He says, if you guys are going to work, I'm going to work. And if I'm going to work, you're definitely going to work. You know, and, and we tell every single recruit in their family that I'm going to push your son, and I'm going to push you as the prospect harder than you've ever been pushed, mentally as well as physically. We are. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to support you outside of your family more than you've ever been supported. It's fair to push and fair to demand if you support. There you go. If you don't, it's not. It's real ironic because I, I, I want to give credit where credit's due. So it, it's the it's the meeting, the press conference, the individual instruction. It's the many. It's individual instruction again. <laughs> a great friend of mine had got a new job. A great friend of mine got a promotion, and a, another one had a a hit a a landmark in his career. So there was four couples went to dinner that night. Yeah. So desserts at our house. So there's there's ten. There's five couples. It, it's ten thirty at night, and Coach Patino calls me. Yeah. And he said, Scott. He said, Hey, how did he go? And he's been on this journey with me the whole way. You know, I was the only coach he had ever kept from a previous staff when he took mm-hmm. over at Louisville. So he calls, and he's in California recruiting. And he said, Scotty, I said, Coach, it was great. We did this. I told him about the kids from Marcus and, <laughs> and Matt Buppethead. He's like. Oh my gosh! You you had him getting stitches in your first ten minutes. <laughs> he goes, and he's laughing, and he goes, "But I called because your comments about me in the press conference. I want to call to thank you." And I said, "Well, coach, no, thank you." And he said, kept saying, "He said, Scotty, are you are you out somewhere?" I said, "No, sir. There, we've got four couples over. We're having dessert. We just went to dinner. It's been a full day. I ran the mini, and I go through the whole <laughs> deal." And he's like, "Well." What? Why? What do you? I said. Well, one got a, a, a new, you know, job. That and we're just all celebrating. Yeah. Everybody's. It's a great day. So eleven forty-five, a doorbell rings. Now at the time, my sons are one's in uh, a sophomore year in college, and one is a a junior in high school. When your doorbell rings at eleven forty-five on <laughs> a Saturday boy. night, boy, you better jump. <laughs> he had called. And had two dozen roses sent Aww. and two do- two bottles of Dom Perignon. I still had the corks in my my Final Four ring case <laughs> that that he sent. It's classic. And I got him on the phone, and, and we, it was just it was. We were both. Nah, I'm not bit. We were both in tears. Yeah. Those well, moments is why you coach. And you know what? That's amazing. And it's so funny that you went there because I was a couple of the things, and, and one of the things I had in my head that I wanted to talk to you today about. Obviously, leadership. Obviously your experience as a leader, but, you know, great leaders have often experienced other great leaders. And you mentioned, you know, coach P as a, as I'm, uh, you know, I think a lot of the players call him. Um, but you know, I know he was, he was very instrumental in your career and I know your coaching tenure at Louisville under coach Patino, um, that there was, that was where you were prior to Bellarmine, which, you know, is when you and I got the opportunity to meet, meet one another after you come to Bellarmine. But I also know it, it marked several changes, right? Like you had come from, you know, your, your, your time at, at other positions at Ballard and a few other places. I'm, I'm, uh, I know you, you, uh, had the opportunity to coach at, but what, what kind of impact did he have on your career? I know, I know physically, I, and that story is, is out do, there. I'm I not going to make you go there. But, no, it's okay. We, but I, no. you, you, you mentioned running the mini. I mean, that's probably something that you, you may not it's have done. It's very ironic. He, uh, you know, I was with Coach Crum for his last five years, yep. and every time I get a chance, I'm wishing nothing but prayers for him mm-hmm. and hope that he keeps getting better every day. Yep. And I know the kind of fighter he is, and I know he will. Sure. And then I was actually a graduate assistant under Coach Crum. Then I left for three years. Then I, then I was back at Ballard as the head coach. Mm-hmm. And then, and then 
with Coach Crum for his last five years and Coach Patino's first right. four. But just to give you an example of how thorough that Coach Patino is, for two weeks I, I'm there in literally in limbo because I read every book. He was at Kentucky. I'm at Louisville. It's my job to know everything about him. I mean, I, I mean, he's the bitter, he's the bitter arch rival. I knew sure. everything, and and obviously, you know, a new coach with a new system trying he's to make the not, well, this is trying to point. make the culture change. That I you knew made. he had never kept a previous coach, so those two weeks, it's uh, update you your resume. You were going. You're not going to have a job. <laughs> so we have individual instruction one morning at seven thirty, and he gets there around seven, and I've already had the floor players on there since six thirty because I was for the I knew all the players right. So he walks onto the court. And, it, you know, it's 7 in the morning. I've already been out there a half hour. The guys are already lathered up. Yeah. And we're not starting for another half hour. But I'm trying to, you know, help those guys. And he goes, Scotty, step in the coach's locker room. Well, I mean, this Here's is it. Here it goes. This is it. So, boy, it's going to be a quick day. And he said, uh, he said Scotty said, I've, I've, never, uh, I've never kept a coach from a previous staff. And I said, yes, sir, I'm aware of that. And he lost, he lost his train of thought. And he goes, what do you mean you know that? I said, Coach, I've read every book. I said, you were in Kentucky. I'm at Louisville. I said, you're the bitter rival. I know everything about you. I listen to every show. I he started laughing. <laughs> he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, they told me you were like that. You were thorough. He goes, but I'm going to keep you. So we went on to the floor. He said, don't say anyone. I'll announce it next week because uh, there's I've got to you know, dot some eyes and everything. I said, okay. So we go back on the floor, and we walk up three levels to the offices of the back stairwell, and we get to the top, and he turns to me. And the point is, he changes lives, and, and he turns to me, and he says, uh, how old were you, nine, ten, when you lost your dad? I said, nine years old. And he said, heart attack. I said, yes, sir. He said, and Russ and Doug, how old? And I said, you know, 11 and um, – or no, by this point, Russ was, was – yeah, 11 and 14. And he goes – yeah, Russ and Doug. How much How much did your dad ever see you do? And I look at him. I said, excuse me? He said, you want a state championship at Ballard? He ever see it? I said, no, sir. He said, you got two degrees from the University of Louisville. Did he ever see that? No. He said, you got married and you have two sons. Did he ever see any? I, you know, you get the point. And I said, no, sir. He goes, well, you meet with the strength coach today and get yourself in better shape because you can't work with me looking like that. <laughs> you can't. You cannot make it through a day. But you will you – will, see your sons do amazing things that your dad never saw you do. Mm. One year to the day. One year to the day, I lost 79 pounds. Wow. Pretty amazing. And and not just that, but I have now, we're approaching nine months from seeing my first granddaughter born. Mm -hmm. From having two sons get married to beautiful wives. Russ has two degrees from Bellarmine. Doug has an undergrad degree from from Xavier. Uh, excuse me, from Bellarmine and a graduate degree from from Xavier. From Xavier. So you, you go on and on and on because he knew the bush the button to push. But on his other side, he says, "What you don't know is the players in this program will look at you, and when they see this happen, it will blow their mind." Now here's the downside. He went everywhere around the country and, and took all the credit. He said, <laughs> I did this with my sister. And I'm thinking, where was he on that treadmill at 5 o'clock every morning in December? Where was he? And, hey, and, I get and, it. And he did that. And, and it became, you know, but it changed my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did. And, you know. <laughs> that, that story, and I, you know, Coach, I didn't name to. I know you you've talked about it a lot, and I didn't aim to make you tell the story no, again. Right. But you know, truthfully, I, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like that that story had a lot of impact on me. So when I heard that story, I'll tell you, um, you've been at Bellarmine how how long now? This is the start of fifteen. Start of year fifteen. So when I heard that story, it wasn't right. You know, right after. Um, you know, this is two thousand five. Five. He came in one. It was four years after. I'd work for him. Okay, so because you you were there, yeah, you were there a few years with him, right? Four right. years, four years. Is that right? Four years. So I had left Bellarmine. My my son, you know, was born in 2012. I heard it. I heard the story a few years prior to that. After you were already at Bellarmine, a few years, and um, you know, my dad my dad is very instrumental in my life. He's he's in real estate. He's my mentor. He's actually you know 
we've interviewed him and, you know, people have gotten to see and hear from him. He's, he's quite the character, but you know, my, my dad was a workaholic, you know, he still is, you know, and, or well, not now he's endured a lot of health issues. Um, and you know, when I, when I found out my wife was pregnant, I, he, he was a smoker and I told him, I said, you know, look, there you go. I literally, I, I want you to, I want you to know your grandkids. You got to quit smoking. There you go. And, and I had tried to get him to quit and, a number of ways right. and it didn't work. And, um, I had to, I had to really, it, it took a lot from me to be that blunt with him, but it was, and it, and it impacted him. And you know, all in perspective. And, and still now to this day, he's experiencing issues that are a result of, you know, decisions that he's made. And, and that story and what has happened to him is, has been a big reason why in the last few years, cause you know, I was a college athlete and let me tell you, you see it in your ex players. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Couple years after they graduate and they're done with their career, not the ones that are playing in Europe, right. they come back and they gain 40, 50 oh, pounds, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we have been training our entire lives. Right. And you know, you just kind of want to take a break. Yeah. A little bit. And I concerned it. I gained 40 pounds after I left Bellarmine. It, it happens. And, and it's I lost not, it. It's not intentional. It no. does happen. You just it, want a break. You know, it's like ironic. a normal person for once. Yeah. The, the end of that story, it's so ironic, is, you, you know, you kind of touched on why Bellarmine. I left Louisville in 05 after we'd gone to the Final Four in St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, why not stay? Bellman had won nine games. Actually, total transparency, took a pay cut. I mean, why are you doing this? And it was because of Scott Wiegand. It was because yeah. of Dr. McGowan. But Bellman stood for everything I believed in academically, athletically, and socially that I knew you could win there the right yeah. way. So I said, let's do this. But it's ironic. We won the we won the national championship in 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 March in March of, of eleven, mm-hmm. and the, the horn sounded at three eleven p.m. Not that we're keeping track, but mm-hmm. it's exactly three eleven p.m. Interesting. There was three point two million homes. Yeah, not counting bars and other places watching on CBS, and there was hundreds of calls and and, and hundreds of text, but the number two text of all was coach. Yeah, hmm. that's awesome. It was the number two. Yeah. My, my Russ's godmother, Debbie Montgomery, was first. Coach was second. And, yeah. and, and then that call got returned rather quickly. Yeah. And again, you know, we were – it was unbelievable. And it was all – I told you when you took that job, you were going <laughs> to – I told Dr. McGowan he would bring you a national team. Nobody thinks that. They won nine games. No. Nobody would think that. <laughs> so that's – there you go. No, no. I was I – was, Full disclosure, I was at O'Shea's that afternoon watching watching on the screen. I've heard stories. <laughs> it was okay. It was very mild. But I heard there was mild. a brief closure of Barstown Road. There was. Right after the horn mm-hmm. between O'Shea's and Flanagan's there were people, and Molly's. There were people in the street. Yeah, I heard oh, yeah. there was a brief closure. There were, there were people in the street. And, and uh, you know, I was on the alumni board at the time, and Peter Kramer asked me, you know Peter, obviously, oh, yeah. and Peter asked, asked me if I wanted to come, and I, I just couldn't. I mean, it was something, I right, forget right. what it was. It would have been, it would have been amazing to have been there, and I... I briefly had a moment where I considered making the trip. You know, we went, I think the next year was at the Elite Eight was in Northern Kentucky. Yes. yes. So we were up there to watch the Elite Eight next year. Because, you know, Division Two. I guess most of our listeners may not know, they do the Elite Eight like Division One does the Final exactly. Four. So that was a really neat experience to get to go so close to home. Um, but, yeah, that was, that, was, that was an amazing time. So that's really great. So to hear kind of the, the influence that Coach Crum and Coach Patino had Absolutely. on you as leaders is really impactful. Let's, take, let's pivot just a little bit because this is the Hour 502 podcast, and I know Louisville is a city that is near and dear to your heart. You've had, no doubt, numerous opportunities to take um, – take jobs in other cities and lead different programs with the success you've had at, at, at every level. Um, but you've chosen to stay here, you know, from, from Louisville, from Ballard or Louisville to Ballard back to Louisville, then now ultimately at Bellarmine, you know, what is it about the city of Louisville that really, really, I don't know, winds you up? I, you know, I grew up on this in the South end of Louisville, Central Avenue. You saw my mother's home. Absolutely. <laughs> Selfless plug right there. <laughs> absolutely. Nobody else could. We like advertising. Jay, Jay it's all good. absolutely was a star. Boom. It's now, it's been so twice and it's beautiful. I mean, I yeah. so much pride in it. You know, I, I'll tell you why. And I, and I credited with the people that influenced my life, teachers, coaches, those type people. And I, I was so fortunate two months ago to do a, a thing called Storytellers for the Courage Journal here. And it's ironic because I delivered the Courage Journal in Louisville Times as uh-huh. a, as a hmm. youth and and they told me, they said, don't tell, don't get up there for 10 minutes and say that 
you were under Coach Kramer, Coach Kramer. Everybody knows that. Don't, don't say Bellarmine won in that. Everybody knows that. Sure. They don't tell your story. So you say, why have I stayed in Louisville? Mm-hmm. I think this city, and I know the mayor says about being a compassionate city, I think the, the opportunity to give what it, to what is your home is different than if you're given in Richmond, Virginia, when I sure. was on the staff at VCU. Sure. Tubby Smith and I on staff together with Mike Polio, and I loved it, but it's still you're not given to home. Right. Mm-hmm. And I told him the storytellers, and this is going to happen. My high school coach said to me as a junior, his name was Al Peffer. He passed away one year ago. He said to me, he says, um, meet me up here at the stadium, in the football stadium tomorrow morning on Saturday at 10. I'm going to help you and your mom out. So I drove up, got there early because that's my coach, and I'm a junior, and he's a varsity coach, and I want to impress him. And he said, well, you're younger than me. You take underneath, and I'll do the track. And we cleaned the stadium. Hmm. There was no garbage cans, metal garbage cans. Yeah. There was no garbage bags. There was no stick with a nail on it. There was no <laughs> blowers. Pick it up. Mm. And people played at Iroquois Stadium both Friday and Saturday because a lot of schools didn't have stadiums. Sunday morning, picked me up, and he would pay me. Yeah. So my high school coach passed away a year ago, like I mentioned. And when we all go to a visitation or memorial and they have a request for a donation, we never do it unless you do it right there. We just don't. Sure. We're all guilty to some degree. Coach Peffer, when he retired from coaching and teaching, he had clothing drives for kids that need clothes because he had taught in the schools. He grew up in the West End of Louisville. He grew up very, very simple. Then after he was teaching, he was one who had to be doing something. So – he, he ran clothing drives. He just would go to churches and, and say, boys clubs, and say, here it is. So he calls me a few years back and says, I need some big size tennis shoes. And I bet your players get through with them. They're still in real good shape. I'll take them. Hmm. Well, that went from Bellarmine men, L men, Bellarmine women, L women. My last thing to him was a pickup truck. The entire bed was full of <laughs> shoes yeah. in bags for him. That's cool. Well, when he passed away, no flyers. He wanted new shoes for kids. Oh, that's awesome. This is what he asked. People went to Shoe Carnival, another place. They went to these places. Two for one sale, three for one sale, four for four for one. Bought shoes. Yeah. And carried them in. So I was a pallbearer on Saturday. I called the funeral home on Monday, and I said, and identified myself, and I said, how many pair were there? And they said, there's north of 250 pair. Sure. I said, where are they? And they said they're on their way to Rangeland Elementary. And those kids went to school that day and didn't know, but went home with a new pair of shoes. Hmm. And I've said that when my story does end, I want that done. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, but see, so this city can do that. Through, that's a man who lived as modest as you could live, who was a hardworking teacher. I mean, that, that's, and if, if I can do that at home, what yeah. I call home, Central Avenue, the South End, Fraser Elementary. Yeah. I went over there three times this year. It's now Ormsby North, but it was Southern Junior High, Iroquois High School. Yeah. I, I spent time in Iroquois this year. <clears throat> if I can do that, why, why not? That's, that's it's home. Awesome. It is. Well, we've spent most of the, the last 45 minutes, and again, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Before we cut you loose, I want to know – I mean, we've talked about all the things you do for other people, all the ways you pour into your players and you pour into your staff. I want to know some of the things that you do for you. Like, what do you do when it's just you, and especially here around the city? So I'm going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions. still working out, obviously. I yeah. do. I, I run every Treadmill? morning. That's my release. No, I'd rather be outside. Rather be outside. Mm-hmm. And it better be – How many miles? Anywhere between 30 and 40 a week. 30 and 40 wow. miles a week. That's, that's week. getting yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I ran – the little granddaughter. Yeah. Well, it changes your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now, they didn't know the gender, so I was in a waiting room because only the two grandmothers and, and her dad, Russ, could be in there with the mom. Yeah. There was a limit of three, so they call out tell me, it's a girl, and I said, that's it. She'll be homeschooled, and we won't let her out of the house until she's 35, <laughs> and I'm not changing. So I have a two-year-old daughter, so I'm, we're, uh, we're right here on this. No, you we're know, right here. I, really, I'm, I'm a sports nut. If... 
let, let's put some cards on the table. This will answer your question. Yeah. There was a lot of talk with the with all, what happened at the University of Louisville, and there was a lot of things said and all that. And there was a lot of very intense family discussions, et cetera. And I've been a season ticket holder since before when I was coaching at Ballard. Yeah. And I'm still a – even though when I was coaching at Louisville and I got season tickets as part of my contract, Russ and Doug said no, and we, we had a big group we all sit with. So I, mm-hmm. I, I do tailgate. I go to games. I'm passionate about Churchill Downs. I love the backside. I've yeah. got great yeah. friends there. But it's ironic. When a lot of this was going on and you talked about, you know, by staying in Louisville, and my wife said to me one night, it was about, well, actually it was early in the morning, it was about 2 in the morning, and she said, hypothetically, just knowing you, mm-hmm. if something happened, if you were the coach at Louisville tomorrow, she goes, and this was, was in that fall when Coach Patino was removed in yeah, that direction. Yeah. You know, I mean, I owe those guys so much. She said, if this happened, Saturday, would you be in the green lot where we all tailgate? <laughs> That's the further yeah, slot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I said, football, I said, yeah. I football season. at her with a, I said, I said, yeah. <clears throat> she goes, so you wouldn't be up? I said, no, I would be in the green lot. Yeah. Because I. That's who I am. Yeah. Now, I would do my job and my responsibilities, but I've never removed myself. I, I've no. got people now that are my age that I, I grew up with who've retired and come to practice every day about me. So, I, <laughs> I mean, mean I, I call the board of directors. The I walk out, directors. and there's about eight of them sitting there. I said, Bellarmine boy, we better have a good practice. There's a board of directors that are here today. <laughs> and it's the middle of the winter. They come. But I think those kind of – you know, here's the end of the day for me. We all know paychecks go in the bank. Yeah. But every day I get up, and why not create an emotional paycheck that I'll be able to cash a life? Of mm. That's everything. I mean, I, full disclosure, I'll be honest. I was at Disney World with the kids when my group of friends start texting about what was going on in Louisville. Because you know, I'm a Louisville fan, season ticket holder myself. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure people talk, and I'm not going to ask you a question. You don't don't even think about me, you know, having to formulate an answer for this. But I thought for a moment, I thought they're going to call Scotty, <laughs> and and I, I'm not going to like ask you to react to that. But I thought to myself in that moment that that was what was going to happen. So I can understand why your wife would have asked you the question. But I could totally see that you be in the green light tailgating with everybody else. You're not you're not going to be in the box. I mean, they may come up with you to the box when you get done tailgating. <laughs> you but. know, it's I, I'm just. I, I, I want to be who I am. I mean, I, yeah. I'm proud of where I grew up, the way I grew up. My mom, the best we can tell, a sixth-grade education at Greene County, Kentucky, in a one-room schoolhouse. Yeah. She ran her own successful business for 43 years. And I've got players on scholarship at Bellarmine getting that that degree. Hey, don't tell me it's tough. She ran her own successful business with a sixth-grade education after being Rosie the Riveter and having to put herself through school because she was in a huge family and she was the second oldest. And part of her upbringing would be to take care of all your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, 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 again, I say people make fun of me, so get in line. You're not going to be the first <laughs> that I'm the luckiest man in this, in this awesome. city, 100%. Well, Scotty, again, I mean, we appreciate it. We know, we know your passion for Louisville. That's why we wanted to have you on the show here. I know you do before we part um, because we don't want to keep you all day. We know you got camps to run and kids waiting on you uh, to get, to get that, that instruction that you're so famous for, uh, motivation or instruction, one of the two. Um, but I know you do a lot of media, TV. You've got a, you've got a weekly radio show. Do you want to plug that yeah, for our 93 listeners? Yeah, 93.9, 93.9, The Ville, ESPN 93.9, every Monday night, 7 to 8, 52 weeks a year. And my vision of that, it's three of us, four of us talking sports. There yeah. you go. I'm not going to get out there and scream and, and rant at some guy's stupid and he's the, no, let's let's go have, you know, dinner, have a beverage, let's talk sports. Yeah. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's high school. Yeah. I don't care if it's the Kentucky Derby. I don't care if it's the US Open. If it's U of L, UK, let's talk sports. And, and and I may not agree with you, but I'm going to respect your opinion. We do sure. that. We do a 20-week TV show during this season where we try to bring young people in every show and highlight them with a five-minute segment where we, you know, make them feel good about what they're doing to encourage them to keep playing. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm worried what, about it. And what channel is the TV show on? Uh, WBNA. WBNA. Okay. So, uh, on so every Saturday afternoon. So Saturday afternoon during the season during for the season. 20 weeks, WBNA, the Scotty Davenport show, correct? Yeah. 
on uh, WBNA, and then every Monday at seven. Seven. Every seven Monday eight. at seven on ninety The Ville. Our good friends Drew Diener and those guys over there yeah. do some great oh, stuff. Absolutely. I know you're a regular guest on those shows as well. No, but you know, and again, if if, if it's going to just think, if somebody hears me talking about one of our players, and like, wow, I'm going to go to a Bellarmine game. And that player comes out there, and he's upbeat, and he's positive, and his effort is his desire, his enthusiasm is incredible. What if that individual hires one of our guys? What if they're a customer? What if they're a client? Mm. What if they're a a you know a business partner? Who knows? Sure, yeah. it's happened. Yeah, Rusty it Troutman got his first job ever. A gentleman came up. He gave my assistant a business card. Said, "Can you tell me where his family sits?" And my assistant said, yeah, they sit right there. He said, well, I don't want to interrupt anybody. I'm waiting for the season. He went over and gave his family the business card. When the moments the season over, called me. And it was his first professional job ever. It wow. happens. Those stories are pretty amazing. Yep. Well, folks, thanks again for joining us uh, here at the Afro, Our 502 Podcast. Thanks again to Coach Scotty Davenport from Bellarmine University for enjoying. You can catch him anywhere. Just Google him. He's everywhere all over the Internet. Again, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Monday yeah. nights at 7. Check back real soon for another episode of the Hour 502 Podcast. For Gabe Pruitt, I'm Jay Pitts. Yep. Any parting words? Make sure to check out full episodes on YouTube, too. If you haven't watched full episodes on YouTube, the link is on the screen, and we'll put it in the notes. You can go check out full-length episodes as well there. Absolutely, and wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Make sure to subscribe, and make sure to leave a five-star rating. Leave a five-star rating. It really does make a difference. That would be amazing. We'll be back real soon with another leader, influencer, from right here in Louisville, Kentucky, on the Hour 502 Podcast. <laughs>